It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And great to have you with us here from our studios in downtown Summerlin. Dave Gosher along with Gary Lawless. No cup hangover in Vegas. VGK 6-0 out of the gates. Great to have you with us here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All of the social media situations, we're on all of those. You know what they are. As the Golden Knights uh, off to a terrific start, the best start ever for a defending champ going 6-0 out of the gates. Uh, big show here today, Gary. We've got uh, lots to talk about. This team's off to a fantastic start. Also going to be joined here uh, as we move along in our second segment by Ben Thomas. It's a big day for the organization with the launch of Los VGK, which is um, so important to our our uh, Hispanic community, Spanish-speaking community, and Ben Thomas is a director of our Latino marketing and outreach for Los VGK. We're going to put Ben through the ringer. He's going to sit between us in the second segment. Hopefully we don't scare him too much. I was leaving the office. I said, Ben, do not screw this up. There's a lot riding on you. And he looked it's, at me like, oh, what is going on here? It's funny. I went to his desk and asked him if he'd ever done any radio before and said, don't worry about it. Just <laughs> just pretend you're having a nice conversation with you and you and with Dave yeah, and I. Yeah. But you went and not put pressure chance. on him. I turned the heat up. I said, look, an, here. You're an awful man. Look here, Ben. Look, Person. Get your get your act together here. But anyway, we'll hear from uh, from Ben Thomas here in a little bit. But lots to get to here with the Golden Knights, Gary, including um, the fact they've had the best start of any defending champion ever, uh, going six and zero out of the gates. And by the sounds of it, and from being around the team as much as we have been here, it, it's almost like it's a it's a source of pride for them. They talked a lot about repeating's a long ways away. You've got to take steps to get there, and they've taken some big steps. Not always perfect, not going to be, but the results have been uh, unblemished so far. Well, the, the saying is is that you know you, you don't make the playoffs in October, but you can miss them. And uh, 12 points already in the bank. Just think, they went 13-2 and two to start the season last year, and uh, that was just so critical for them. They had when they did have injuries leading up to the All Star break, and they scuffled. They, they had that cushion, and they were able to, you know, to to stay where they wanted to be. And then twenty two, four, and five down the stretch to win the Pacific, first in the Western Conference, and it, it, it's important. And I look over at Colorado, and I listen. Uh, there's tons has to happen, and. L.A. and Edmonton, I think, are, and, and Dallas are going to have something to say about all of this. But if it was Vegas and Colorado in the Stanley Cup, in the Western Conference Final, with a, a, a bid to go to the Stanley Cup, if that's what happened this spring, wouldn't surprise me one bit. No. And would you rather be playing a Game 7 at T-Mobile instead of uh, over in Denver? Absolutely. So uh, these points in the bank, are uh, they're, they're just as valuable as they are at any other time. Why not take advantage? And 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 really, they've they've done that. They've won some games, coming from behind late, and uh, just done some really good things to win games early. Of all the playoffs they've had over the last six years, and all the winning they've done in the postseason, they've had one home game seven. Right? It was against Minnesota back in yeah. 2021. So if it ever does come to it, you'd love to have it at the Fortress. But they're one of three teams. You mentioned Colorado and Boston. No blemishes yeah. so far this year. VGK 6-0, and Bruins 5-0, and Avs 5-0. and Bruins just swept this three-game California trip. It's funny, you've got the defending champs that are perfect and the team that broke all the regular season records and then flamed out of the playoffs perfect so far. And I guess the other team just to throw in there, and we'll get to them a bit later, the Detroit Red Wings. 
five and one out of the gates. I don't know if anyone really saw that coming, but uh, you know those teams so far have been uh, have been excellent. You know the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, that off season trade to bring Alex to bring it to uh, Detroit and put him on the wing with uh, Dylan Larkin. It looks like they've played together their whole lives. Uh, Dabrinkit has got uh, a number of multi-point, multi-goal games already. He was uh, real big against uh, against his old Ottawa team on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, good start for, for the Red Wings. They started well last year and faded. Uh, they want to make a step. They want to be a playoff team this year. It'll be interesting to see if they can sustain their excellence eight goals already for Alex to bring it to lead the league at a hat trick yesterday he had eight eight in his first six games this year he had eight in 28 last year for the Ottawa Senators uh back to the VGK Gary you ran down some of these numbers and you had them in your column yesterday but pretty impressive when you think about you mentioned the great start last year 13 and 2 out of the gates 6 and 0 this year to begin the season but you broke it down from all-star break forward last year. So all-star break to the end of the regular season, throw in the playoffs, throw in 6-0 and this year. It's been your math. Not sure if it's accurate. That's always <laughs> always Ske- dicey. Sketchy at Sketchy best. Sketchy at best. 44-10-5 and yeah. since the all-star break last year when you roll it all together. 22-4-5 and down the stretch, 16-10 and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 6-0 and to start. I mentioned it to Bruce in Chicago after the game. We were standing in the, in the hallway after he did his media availability, and I just I said, you know, here's what you've done in the last little while. And he looked at me and he goes, it does feel like we've won a lot, with a little smile on his face. He likes to yeah. win, and it's uh, I find it, you know, he's got a real unique combination. He's very good in-game. If if one line isn't going well, he doesn't wait. He, he'll you know he, he'll give it a period or a period and a half, and then he's like, "Okay, this isn't clicking. All right, I'm going to move Howden up, or I'm going to move uh, Carlson up, or whatever he, he he decides he wants to do. He'll take someone from the bottom six who he thinks is is going well, and use that player to try and get a spark in his top six. And it it's been really effective if you if just just think about it against Dallas he moved Carlson up with Stevenson and Stone uh, Carlson scores the tying goal team goes on to win in the shootout then in Winnipeg uh, things start to go uh, sideways a little bit so he takes Howden moves him up with Stone and Stevenson Howden bangs one in on a real nice tick-tock play tic-tac-toe play so uh, he's got a knack for it but it's not – I used to say this about Randy Carlisle, and I've said it to his face. We're friends, so uh, I don't uh, – He's a was a really good bench coach. He's terrible with the players. <laughs> and I, I would I would have said to him, game starts at 7.05. You are not allowed in the rink until 7 o'clock. You go straight to the bench, coach the team, and then immediately after the game, security is going to escort you out of the building. Hit the bricks. Yes. Bruce is, Bruce is not that guy. Yeah. Bruce is an organizational coach in the sense that when they call a player up, and he's been excellent at this, he uses the player, puts him in a in a situation where he thinks he's, he'll succeed, and then gives him minutes so that the, the player gains confidence. And just we'll talk about, like, Dorofiev, Ron Beard, Cotter, has forwards have all had opportunities to go into the lineup and – Make good things happen. They have. Korzak, Pahal, Hutton, whenever they go in, 
on the blue line, they play, they get minutes, and well, they're six and zero. They have they they have played a number of these games without Alex Petrangelo, their best all around defenseman. He just practiced with the team in a red non contact jersey, so hopefully he's close to a return. Alec Martinez missed a bunch of games, mm-hmm. and Zach Whitecloud is still out of the lineup. So you get to defenseman number nine, which they used for a couple of games. Most teams are, like, waving the white flag. We're not going to win for a while. Vegas keeps rolling, and Bruce plays a big role in that. Yeah, it's interesting, Gary, and you mentioned this, again, in your column from yesterday. You know, Bruce Cassidy comes in here last year, and he takes over a team that had missed the playoffs the year before. A lot of that due to injury, whatever the reason might be. Um, new coach taking over a non-playoff team, but also taking a team over with enormous expectations. And it, so- it sounds like it took a while for the team to gain the coach's trust. But as you got to that second half of the year and then through the playoffs, and I think we've seen it so far this year. You know, he's talked about listening to the players and trusting their judgment and, you know, practice, not practice. How do they lay out the next week ahead even for, for that Al- matter? Alec Martinez uh, was – I interviewed him for the book that uh, that our organization wrote this summer, It Hurts to Win, available at uh, the Arsenal. How's it selling? It's selling very well. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got it yet. I was yeah, hoping to yeah, get one, well, but I don't know. Is it available? Do I get a discount, employee discount? At the, I go downstairs and see if they have any left. I think they're sold out. They're not sold out, oh, okay. but there's not. Right. Uh, well, they might be down there. I don't know, but we're, they're, we're, they're selling like hotcakes. It's been really successful. That's awesome. We're, we're very happy about it. Love it. I interviewed him for, for the book, and I was sitting there writing my column yesterday morning, and I was trying to think of, you know, who's. And I remembered the, the the excerpt, the quote, when he talked about what Bruce did for them last year. And he said there was a little bit of entitlement. We had, you know, that we were missing some accountability. And he said Bruce brought the accountability and he brought intensity to our practices and on the bench during games. And it worked. And then he said his in-game adjustments Boy, you just really had to, you have to tip your cap to him. He did all the right things. Both Martinez and Petrangelo, in interviews before the book, said, without him, we don't win. Without Bruce, we don't win. Who have been around a while. Those two guys. Three cups, four cups now between the uh, uh, five cups. Martinez has won three and Petrangelo's now one too. Yeah. Five cups between those two guys. They know they know a thing about a thing. So <laughs> it, it, it was they know stuff. Yeah, they know stuff. Yeah. So it yeah. was really good to it was to me it was really interesting, and I was able to to I went and found the the interview and pulled the transcript and put the put the quote in the story because it just really talks about the effectiveness of of Cassidy so far and. I, and you don't, I don't want to make the mistake of, like, the players win the games. The players are the guys that block the shots and score the goals. That they, they, they play hurt. They At some point in time, they lace up the skates, and the game becomes theirs. Right. They take over. And the, the the players that are that are supplied to Bruce, you know, Mc, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, Vaughn Carpin, Bobby Lowe's, you know, these people have been working on this. 
since 2016 when yeah. when the, after Bill Foley got the organization and they began scouting all around the league and building for the expansion draft and like and it's not like they just like they were really good at that they went to the Stanley Cup final it's not like they stopped they continued to make huge moves big swings Stone Eichel Petrangelo and then yeah. the, the subtle moves that that you know Brad Howden Chandler Stevenson uh Wah. Nick Waugh, Colasar, Colasar, all yeah. of these things that they've done as well to kind of you know fly a little under the radar. Well, all that came together, and then Bruce is the one that you know that took a real nice roster and got it into the winner circle. Hell of a team, hell yeah. of a coach, yeah. hell of a group they've built here uh, in VGK land. So lots more to come on nighttime at noon. A reminder for you, you can watch every Golden Knights game for free. Script Sports is bringing you all the locally broadcasted games for fans for free within the team's broadcast territory. Fans can now watch the VGK on Script Sports through Vegas 34. Visit NHL.com backslash Vegas Golden Knights for more information about Script Sports and television broadcast this season. Quick reminder, so tomorrow night, uh, Golden Knights tried to go 7-0 against Philadelphia Flyers. ESPN has that game. Yeah. Script Sports will have a special half-hour pregame before that. So 7.30 tomorrow night, Ashley and Shane will have uh, the pregame show right here. We're sitting in Studio 31. So for every national game this year, we'll have our own pregame show a half hour before, the first of which will be tomorrow night. Actually, the second of which. We had one before the home opener, but uh, you get the point. 7.30 tomorrow night. I can't believe they give your Emmy award-winning play-by-play away mm. for free. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little – we're, we're in talks with that, to be honest with you. Uh, he it, is. He's won multiple I, Emmys, him and Shane. A bunch. They keep, yeah. there's, we, I, have them, I, have, I have a trophy case at home. Come by the house, you can see it. Uh, huge day for the Golden Knights organization with the launch of Los VGK. And uh, the man in charge of the director of Latino marketing and outreach for Los VGK is Ben Thomas. He will be here in studio with us next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. It is great to have you with us here nighttime at noon. Dave Gosher along with Gary Lawless. The Golden Knights will look to go to 7-0 and tomorrow night when they host the Philadelphia Flyers at uh, T-Mobile Arena. 8 o'clock-ish face-off for that game, by the way. Tomorrow, everybody plays in the NHL, all 32 teams. You've got 16 games and staggered starts kind of around the league. So the Golden Knights... A little after 8, plan accordingly. We'll drop the puck against the Flyers tomorrow night. You can watch every Golden Knights game this season, of course, on Nighttime Plus. Download the Nighttime Plus app today on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or you could watch where you can watch the 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Nighttime Plus delivers all the locally televised games on Script Sports, as well as bonus content created throughout the season. Download it right now, and you can tune in. All season long. As we said, it's a big day for the Golden Knights organization with the launch of Los VGK and the man uh, the man of the moment right now, Ben Thomas, our Director of Latino Marketing and Outreach for Los VGK. Ben, uh, thanks for joining us here. We're going to put you through the ringer for the next couple of hours. Uh, what's this been like for you to be a part of this Vegas-born, you've seen all this with the franchise here. Come over here for one second. Your, your pin's crooked, so that's a fine of $100. So you can just leave that straight cash here before you go. What's this been like for you to be a part of all this and launch this today with the organization? It's really cool. I'm a Vegas native, uh, born and raised, so I was here when the team got here. I remember a time when there wasn't a major sports team here. I'm also Mexican-American, so uh, you know I, I kind of have that very like 
interesting life experience of growing up around other sports and and i really know how much this team means to that community and that's especially the case in communities where you know maybe english isn't the the first language so it's just been really cool to be a part of it and and you know get to work with the team to launch this well a ton of the games have been uh done in spanish by our great friend jesus lopez Uh, so there is a way for for Spanish-speaking folks to interact with the team in that respect, but this is a step farther. Further, what what we have planned here, uh, and what why is this important for the VGK brand? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, um, all of the home games uh, are on Spanish broadcast radio. Uh, even the home and away games for all of the the Stanley Cup championship run. We also have Spanish language social media channels that were launched in 2019. Um, this is just the next step. So. Um, you know, there's always been the Hispanic Heritage Month or a night. This is Hispanic Heritage all year round uh, through various initiatives. We're going to be collaborating with the Foundation for Ball Hockey Clinics. Uh, we're making sure that all of the communications are going to be in Spanish as well as in English. Um, you know, we are hosting our Hispanic, uh, Hispanic Heritage Night on November 2nd. Um, but like I said, this is it's Hispanic Heritage all year round. I love the... Yeah. I love all the special jerseys that that they that they do. I think they're they're unique and uh, the Black History Month and the uh, the Latino Heritage uh, jerseys have always been my favorite. And uh, have you seen this year's jersey? Are you excited about it? Yeah. So there's actually not a jersey for this year, but we are launching a Los VGK retail line. Okay. Um, same thing. The big skull, the sugar skull helmet that everybody loves. Um, shirts, uh, sweaters, um, there'll be pucks available. All of that's actually available at the Arsenal and at the livery. So what I didn't know, Ben, is that you've got 32% of Clark County residents that identify as Hispanic or Latino, mm-hmm. 48% of the kids enrolled in Clark County School District, Hispanic, Latino. It, it seems like it's, A, that people love this team so much, but B, in in the Hispanic Latino community, and with to the help of Jesus and, and Alex Romo, who do the games, by the way, uh, Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. Listen to them. They are far better than Shane and I, far better than Dan and Gary. I always tell Jesus, you're the best of the bunch. I don't know what you're saying, but you're better than any of us. But it seems like now more than ever, the importance of this program uh, is pretty vital considering, uh, the A, the, the popularity of this team, but also you know our, our fellow citizens here in Clark County. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus is uh, very good at what he does. Um, I like to think of it as, you know, the same kind of broadcasting for, you know, soccer, the excitement that's behind it, but just for hockey. Um, but like you said, we have a huge Hispanic population here, about a third of Clark County residents. Um, like you said, just under half of all students. So we have a very young fan base as well. Um, and right now that kind of translates to about 17% um, of VGK fans. So we obviously want to grow that fan base, but we also want to make sure that we're representing and celebrating the existing fan base um, of all ages. So the Golden Knights get a franchise in 2016. They start playing in 2017. You're a Vegas born and bred. When they first got a franchise, and when you watch everything unfold in year one, you're thinking, what? You know, I, I saw VGK as a rallying point for this community, um, and I was new to hockey at that time, uh, just like everyone else. Um, I had all of my college friends were like, oh, let's go to a game. And, you know, my first game was a Penguins game in 2018. Um, so I was really excited, and then I saw the way that the entire community got behind the team, and it was so authentic and organic in that growth. Um, th- part of that was, you know, that was the draw. And it's been a pretty big draw ever since then. Did you go to the parade? Uh, unfortunately, no. I was out of town for that. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. There'll be another one next yeah. year. You can go next year. Back yeah. to back. <laughs> back to back. 
I, I my daughter plays in youth hockey here, and I've always struck by, you know, all there's name bars on all these jerseys, and my daughter has, you know, one of her teammates' last name is Rodriguez, and there's you see it, you see lots of names from all kinds of different nationalities, but lots of Spanish names on name bars, and I, I'm really excited to see. You know, someday with Alec Martinez, obviously, is you know comes from Hispanic heritage. You know, to have a a Vegas-born Latino player skate in the NHL. Yeah, representation's huge. Uh, from what I hear, just the conversations I'm having, uh, some of the early ball hockey clinics where they had to teach kids how to hold the stick, that's not a thing anymore. These kids are coming and they know how to play already. So um, hopefully, we're not too far off from awesome. from that. Uh, ball hockey clinic coming up, by the way, Boys and Girls Club, November third. Yep, right? that's so the the, uh, the James Boys and Girls James Club Boys and Girls Club. Yep, mm-hmm. fantastic. That'll be the day after uh, the uh, Hispanic Heritage Night here on November the second at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Talk a little bit more, Ben, about that night. I know there's a lot of in arena initiatives, plaza activations for that. What can fans expect here on November the second? Yeah, so. Um, we're still fleshing out all the details, but like you said, we can expect some plaza activations, face painting, music, um, in-game um, activations as well. Um, we're inviting our uh, friends over at the Latin Chamber and some scholarship winners from the VGK Foundation um, to be our guests that night. We'll, um, you know, think more of the same what you can expect from those Hispanic Heritage Nights. The growth has been incredible. You know, you think about it, I always... Uh, it, the kids in my neighborhood, and now they're not kids anymore. Like when I moved here six years ago, they were, you know, nine or 10. Now they're 16. But I used to play street hockey with them every once in a while. And I remember thinking, A, it's important to, to win, to beat these youngsters. There's no tradi- We're playing these games. You, you have to win. Mm-hmm. And then, B, if you backed up the calendar to 2015 or 2016, you wouldn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. The team comes here. Everybody falls in love with the team. But you would have lived that, right, from nothing. Yeah. Pro sports wise to all of a sudden two final appearances, a cup championship, a parade. I mean, you must have just been like it's gotta be a whirlwind to just to know what it was like before that before here and now it's a present day. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ecstatic as a, yeah. a resident my whole life. I do remember when we had you know, there's minor league sports and all that, but we got the Golden Knights and I think that really um that opened up and that paved the way for all of the other teams to look at Vegas as a viable market and you know, this team just continues to to pave the way. They broke down the door, right? I mean, you got yeah. the Raiders here now. We'll see about the A's. By the way, the Aces, another championship parade for them today, back-to-back. Yeah. Back. Uh, good for congratulations. these, uh, these Vegas-born teams. Yeah, well, now they've got the parade down. This will be the third one in a year or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. right? So, you, you did pretty good for your debut. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, decent. Well we'll have some pointers later. We'll we'll t- text you later on yeah, just some areas yeah. you can improve. Coming for your job. Yeah, it, it wouldn't <laughs> take much, believe me. Ben, congratulations. Uh, great to have you on board here, and uh, we're so psyched here with the the uh, launch today of Los VGK. Thank you. Happy You bet. Uh, ben uh, Thomas joining us here. Uh, he's the man running all of this, uh, Director of Latino Marketing and Outreach for Los VGK. Uh, yet another way the Golden Knights are going to try to celebrate and connect with our Hispanic and uh, Latino, Latin American community here uh, in the Valley. Ben, thanks again, man. We'll see you soon. Back to your assigned workstation over there at the office. That would be great. Thanks. Lots more to come here. Nighttime at noon. Said the Golden Knights off to a terrific start. We've covered some of it. There's more to get to. Back-to-back wins over the weekend against Winnipeg and Chicago. And then we'll take a look around the NHL. Some other teams off to great starts and some injury news as well. On Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Okay. 
We roll on with Fox Sports Las Vegas from our studios here in downtown Summerlin. The Golden Knights off to a great start. Swept both games over there. Quick little road trip over the weekend. A reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, ever wondered where you can get game-used VGK merchandise? Look no further than VGK Authentics. They've got you covered from game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys. Owning something from your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check it out at VGK Authentics and see what they have to offer. The website, VegasTeamStore.com, for all your Vegas authentic stuff. We mentioned uh, the Golden Knights. uh, Their schedule, Shane has mentioned this a few times, not very taxing in October. November gets nuts, trips east, a lot of games in a short period of time. They only have one back-to-back this month, and it's later this week. Flyers tomorrow, Nevada Day, Friday here against uh, Chicago again go to L.A. and play Saturday, but it's not. Their schedule's fairly light, which not the worst thing in the world probably for a team that played until June the 13th. This little road trip, Gary, so we go to Winnipeg, uh, first game's Thursday, and I guess both games fit into a similar box. The Golden Knights were not at their best, and at the end of the night, it didn't matter, right? They were able to find different ways to win, especially coming off that emotional win against Dallas, right? Rematch of the conference final, Best game of the six they played in terms of intensity. But that Winnipeg game especially, they're up 3-2 to two going into the third period. I follow ties it up with a power play goal, and didn't matter. The Golden Knights pulled out a win anyways. Well, they got it to 3-1, and then Mark Stone turned the puck over uh, at the offensive blue line, and the Jets were able to go the other way real quick and score, and then uh, an iffy penalty call. And the Jets do have a really good power play, and they scored – TV timeout, and Bruce Cassidy uh, told told us this Friday afternoon in Chicago. You know, before he got a chance to say anything, Mark Stone was uh, talking on the bench in a in and basically telling his teammates, "We're gonna win. Uh, let's clean it up and let's get the two points and let's get on the plane and and get out of here." And they did. It's uh, the power play has been excellent. It's operating uh, almost at thirty uh, percent right now. So that's a twenty-seven point twenty-seven right now, which is it's bailed them out a number of times. Yeah. And in Chicago, kind of a sluggish start and two-two after two. The building was really live. And you're wondering if this is if Connor Bedard is going to have the first of, you know, what is are going to be many signature moments you would expect in the NHL. But instead, uh, the fourth line goes out, has a great shift early, uh, scores fast, and they're off and running, and uh, and they win going away. Four power play goals in the last two games, right? Yeah. Two for two in Winnipeg, two more the other night in Chicago. Um, you mentioned Bedard, so interesting note. So he scores right off the bat, a minute and a half into his first game at yeah. United Center on his first shot on net. Bedard scores, first overall pick in the draft. He's the second youngest Hawk to score in his home debut. Second youngest. We would both know very well the youngest, and this person would know that he was the youngest. Eddie Olchek. Yes. Scored October 11th, 1984. Edzo was 18 years young, 18 years and 56 days. So Bedard is just uh, at 18 years, 96 days, a, a touch o- older than Edzo was. I thought it was great, Gary, to be, you know, we've we've been around this long enough to remember 
when that building in Chicago had no life, big cavernous 20,000 seats, and then they get Kane and Taves and Keith and Seabrook, among others, and we know the rest of the story. It had gone back that way, right? Not not a lot of interest, a lot of losing. They trade Kane. Taves retires. Keith gets traded. Seabrook retires. It was kind of back to the way it was in 2005-06. To see that building the other night, you know, obviously the Golden Knights come out with a big win. But especially before the game, the anthem, Jim Cornelison, Bedard scores right off the bat. You kind of felt like the roof might come off the place. For a, a legendary franchise now in their 97th year, it was great to see the energy back in that building. Great result for the Golden Knights, but great, I think, for the game to see that to see that energy the other night. Yeah, I hated going to Chicago when it when it wasn't great. Yeah. Like, I can remember when I was covering the International League and the American League, the Chicago Wolves in suburban Chicago. They'd announced you know thirteen, fourteen thousand some nights on a Saturday night, and then and the United Center, it, they'd have. Eight, eight, nine thousand. Yeah. They would the American League, the minor league team would outdraw the National Hockey League team, and they had crazy blackouts on their TV and yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. Rocky Wirtz, Bill Wirtz passed away. Rocky Wirtz took took over, and they did a really touching memorial to Rocky uh, on Saturday night prior to the game. His son Danny is now in charge of things. Rocky died unexpectedly this past summer. They they built it back. Rocky built it back, and yes, they did. They they drafted Kane and Taves, and that uh, uh, you know Joel Quenville, and the, they had a real good thing. Stan Bowman going for a while there. Three Stanley Cups. Uh, yeah. You have to pay a price for that often, and they did. They and they bottomed out, and you know able to win the lottery to, to get Bedard. They've got a long way to go. Like that. Yeah. Like they've got one. They've got more than one player, but. They're, they don't look like a playoff team to me this year. That's for sure. Um, so they've they've got uh, they've got some work to some work to do, but they can sell hope now. You know yeah. they can, and they, they were sold out or close to it on Saturday night. Uh, they've they've spent some money on their game operations. They had a dance party um, during the second intermission, just like uh, much like DJ Joe Green. They did. Uh, his name was DJ Oreo. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, I saw him and on the big scoreboard. The people there, yeah. were in their seats and dancing, and it was real good. It, yeah. it felt like um, it, it felt like a real good NHL building. You know, it's interesting to talk to Jonathan Marcheseau and Jack Eichel the morning of the game in Chicago. Marcheseau talked about. He said, "You know, look, it's almost a little bit unfair to this kid yeah. in Bedard. The pressure on him. You know, you, you hear the names thrown around: Crosby and Ovechkin and McDavid, among others." Jack Eichel came into this league pretty highly touted, yep. right? Number two behind McDavid in that draft. I think Jack is kind of of the – let the kid play. He's 18 years old. It's just the way it is now. Jack was telling Shane, too, the big difference for him was – now, uh, Bedard played in the Western League and tore up the Canadian League last year. Jack said the big difference for him was he played the college schedule at Boston University. High end, you might play 40 or 42 yeah. games. After that first season in Buffalo for him, Tired. He's like, holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> he was exhausted. Yeah, so, so. They, they call the Western Hockey League, they call it Little NHL because, yeah. you you know, when Kelly McCrimmon ran Brandon, the shortest trip he had, it's all on a bus, was three hours and 45 minutes. That's the shortest yeah. trip they had. Yeah. They, you know, you play, 
you go to the Memorial Cup or deep into the playoffs, you're playing, you know, excess of 80 games and yeah. with travel all the time. And it's a, it's a hard league. Uh, they hit, they fight. It's not, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So uh, great comment from Bedard after the morning skate on Saturday. I asked him, and he had a shift Saturday night where McNabb and Theodore were on the blue line. Uh, obviously, uh, Thompson was it was in sorry Hill was in net, mm-hmm. and then the forwards were Stone, Stevenson, and Houghton. There were six Western Hockey League guys on the opposite side of the, of the rink from him. I asked him in the morning, I said, you know, there's a ton of Western Hockey League guys on the other side, maybe the most WHL influence on any team in the NHL. And he just quickly said, yeah, that's why they won. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said they come in after he's one of the topics of discussion in their dressing room often is what's better college hockey, Western league, Ontario league, or Quebec league. And uh, he said, obviously, the Western Hockey League. Yeah, he's not biased. Not biased at all. No. Well, we have that discussion on the bus, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shane likes to uh, tease you about college, yeah, college hockey. He says it's not real hockey. Yes. Coming out of the mean streets of the Western League himself. Yeah. Uh, the other note I wanted to mention about Bedard, too, is, you know, Crosby comes into the league. They missed the playoffs his first year. Mm-hmm. Didn't miss it again until last yeah. year. But it. It takes a while. You know, they bring in Corey Perry. They bring in Nick Foligno. They bring in Taylor Hall. Some obviously established veteran NHL guys to surround what is a the youth on that team. They've got three defensemen, I think, combined. I don't know if they played 50 or 60 their games. Their whole left the side. The left side, right? They were 22, 21, and right. 19. Yeah. Those were yeah. their ages on Saturday. Yeah, so there's they've got a ways to go. But, you, you know, your point, it, 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 it's – there's some hope now, right? They yeah. didn't finish dead last, by the way. Anaheim did. No, they won the lottery. And they won the lottery. Yeah, 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 they won, yeah, the, they won yeah. the, the ping yeah. pong, or the, Anah- weight, the weighted thing. Anaheim you know? got Leo Carlson has a Scored uh, his con- first goal. consolation prize. Pretty yeah. nice player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Knights have done it with a balanced attack, Gary. 16 different goal scorers, 21 different players with points. I wanted to get back to your point about that Chicago game. Shane and I said it coming into the third period on the TV sets. For the second game in a row, they're going to have to try to find a way here without being at their best. Mm-hmm. It took 13 seconds yeah. for that walk olasar carrier line. We've seen it so often over the last few years. Even if they don't score, now they did the other night, Yeah, their ability to turn the momentum for their team in their favor, and then it's kind of that snowball rolling downhill. Goals are often a result of two or three or four good shifts in a row. And it, it often starts with that line will go out and pin the opposition in their own zone. They'll hit people. They'll get people tired. Then they'll change. And, you know, who comes out next? You know, Eichel or Stevenson and, and, or Carlson and their line mates. And all of a sudden, they've got a tired group, you know, sort of on their heels. And they take advantage or it's another shift like that. And then the next line comes out that that group sets the table and it, it, you, your, your turn or phrase that change momentum is, is very apt. They are, I think the best fourth line in hockey. And it's not because of, although, you know, Nick Hole, Nick, Nick Waugh real quickly has three goals right. uh, this season. It, it's not so much about the offense, but, just think about Game Six versus uh, Dallas in the Western Conference Final. They just went out and said we're winning, and uh, and 
we're going to do it. You know, the, like the, as effective as Mark Stone was in in Game Five against Florida, that fourth line they turned yeah. the tide in, uh, in 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 Game Six of that series as well. Scored the first goal, scored the third goal. It was over, right? Yeah. Three nothing after the first period, and yeah, see you later. So yeah, it's, uh, if they're not the best fourth line in the league, they're in the top. Yeah. Three, no question about it, and they well, continue to get it done the other night. Lots of versatility. They hit. Colasar will fight anyone in the league when asked to or when it's needed. A neat little story about Colasar. Have we got time before we go to we break? We do. We do. Yeah. So I don't know if, if – I know you noticed, but I don't know if, the, if the, the listeners noticed. He wore the A. He had a letter on his jersey in – Winnipeg. Uh, now he's from Brand- born in Brandon, Manitoba, but raised in Winnipeg. His grandparents were in the building. His mom, uh, lots of friends and family. He got to the rink, and uh, his game jersey, you know, before the game was hanging in his stall, or there was a jersey hanging in his stall, and it had an A on it. So right away he said, "He goes, oh, this is they're playing a prank on me. This is Mar- Martinez has taken his jersey and put it in my stall and put my jersey in his stall because he just assumed that Alec would be the next guy up to to wear the to wear the letter with Petrangelo back at home. So that he pulls his jersey to see, you know, he's expecting to see the Martinez name bar on the. Uh, uh-uh, it's Colasar." So now he's like, okay, what's going on? And then the players, all the, Bruce Cassie must have told some of the veteran guys, Coley's getting the A tonight, and these are the reasons why. So they knew. So then, you know, Marcia so rolls in and says, be a leader, Coley. Come on, Coley. You got to lead us. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said there was a lot of, a lot, they were a lot of fun with it, but. Uh, a really proud moment for him, and uh, his friends and family got to see that. I, we got to Chicago on Friday and got a chance to ask Bruce why, and he said, well, you know, some of the things that Keegan does for us, you know, they're really valuable, and no one else can do them. Yeah. And and he deserves to be rewarded for that. And, he, and Bruce said, I've done it throughout my career. Uh, when we're in, a, especially in a guy's hometown, if I think that if there's an opportunity, and he's wor- he's he's worthy of it, I like to give him that reward. And then, and Bruce said it it the teammates notice it; they're really happy for the guy. And he said it helps build the team. It's a team building, um, not exercise, but a, a, a team building strategy. And then he said, he looked at me and he goes, and funnily enough, I've never had a guy say, don't ever do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Strange how that works. Yeah. Yeah, the Golden Knights flying out of the gate, 6-0. They'll take on the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow night. Incidentally, I can see out our studio window here, the Flyers are uh, just coming on the ice here at City National Arena. They'll have their practice here at CNA as they get ready. They're off to a good start. 3-1-1. We will uh, talk about tomorrow's game. I want to get into the goaltending for the Golden Knights a little bit. Aiden Hill, terrific. Logan Thompson's been terrific so far. And the Golden Knights off to the best start of any defending champion in the history of the game. So we'll get to that. Some other news from around the NHL as well in our final segment coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights back on home ice tomorrow at the Fortress. 
Face off just after 8. They'll take on the Philadelphia Flyers. I mentioned the Flyers just uh, hopped on the ice here at City National Arena, having a little off-day practice for themselves. Fans, if you want the inside scoop on the Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup run, purchase It Hurts to Win, the official inside story of the Stanley Cup champions. You can get it online or at any of the team stores. Written by Golden Knights organization and also includes some great essays from owner Bill Foley, president of hockey operations George McPhee, and general manager Kelly uh, Kelly McCrimmon, and along with some selected players as well. It Hurts to Win includes on-ice accomplishments, behind-the-scenes storytelling, anecdotes, and vignettes that will be shared for the first time in this book. It Hurts to Win, now available for purchase online or in the team stores. Uh, the Golden Knights 6-0 and so far this season. Perfect 3-0 and at home. Same deal on the road. Their goaltending, Gary, they've, they've leaned a little bit more towards Aiden Hill, right? He's 4-0. Logan Thompson was really gave them every chance in that game in Winnipeg the other night. He was excellent, 35 saves. I haven't seen – I know it's early in the season. His paddle save on Cole Perfetti, yeah. if it's – I mean, I haven't seen a better save so far this year. I know we're only a couple of weeks in, but uh, that tandem has been really good, but especially in those last couple of games where the Golden Knights were trying to find their footing for a good portion of it. A team save percentage of uh, 9.35 right now. So they've had uh... – They've faced a total of 168 shots against and have only allowed 11 goals. They have been, they've been excellent. Yeah, and they haven't uh, allowed more than three, right? Not in any game. No, not in any game. Not in any no, game. No. 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 Uh, the Golden Knights are have won 27 straight games when, when they've scored three goals or more. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's the formula: keep the other team to. To two or less, and uh, and score three or more, and uh, and two points seem to be to be following following you. Three is the magic number. Yeah, three yeah, is the magic. There number. you go. During the break, we were talking about Bruce Cassidy. His points percentage as a head coach now is six forty four, which is second all time behind Scotty Bowman. That's for coaches that have coached five hundred games or more. You gotta get to that. The five hundred is when your your numbers are are legit. And and Dave, met, you know, we started talking about how many times Scotty Bowman's name is on the Stanley Cup. Well, he won it nine times as a coach, but then he's added five more as an advisor. Uh, once with the Penguins, once with the Red Wings, and then with the Blackhawks, 2013, and twenty fifteen when his son Stan was the general manager. I don't know if his name is on for all those advisory, but he's got 14 Stanley Cup rings. That's not bad. He's got a ring from all yeah, of those. All the fingers. you got almost one whole foot, one whole, all the I toe situation. I don't think situation. he puts the rings on his toes. <laughs> a toe ring. I don't think so. What do you, what do you, I always wondered. Uh, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. yeah Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go somewhere We're else. We're a problem. <laughs> the, uh, Red Auerbach, late great coach, GM, ran the Celtics, Boston Celtics yeah. forever, so... The Celtics have won it 17 times, 16 uh, when Red was still with us. And that was always the question, uh, which which one do you wear? Yeah. You have 16 NBA championship rings. And he used to say the one, I believe, from 1969, because he thought it was kind of the most wearable. He liked the look at it. It's a year that Bill Russell, as the player coach, they won the championship. Um, but what a problem to have. I've got all these championship rings. Which one do I? What should I wear? Which one do I display? Which one do I like? It's one of the things that, you know, 
is kind of lost in like the the rings that the players get now. They're they're tremendous, they're oh. beautiful, but they're not wearable. No, you can't. But like I've been in the alumni lounge uh, in Montreal when you know Belleville and uh, uh, before he passed and uh, the Pocket Rocket and Yvonne Cornway yeah. and all these guys are rolling around. They all wore one of their rings because they were much smaller, and yeah. it, it, it was. I just thought it was really cool. And it's yeah. uh, the Golden Knights have done something unique this year in the sense that they have uh, the top of their ring comes off, and you can wear it as a pendant. I yeah. don't know how many guys are, or as a necklace. I don't know how many guys are going to do that, but it almost might be neat for a team to. To make the showpiece, but then also make a yeah. smaller, more wearable, everyday ring somewhere. Yeah. Mark Stone said the other day, he's worn his twice. Yeah. He wore it the night of the ring ceremony yeah. and the night of the home opener. Yeah. You know, and then, I don't know. I, I will say well, that. Shane's got one from the Boston Bruins. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen him wear it on, like, it's very rare. I'll tell you, so that Bruins team, and I was lucky enough to get one as well, being yeah. the radio guy. I think that next year I wore it for the home. Now, it, 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 it the, the Golden Knights one would, if it doesn't dwarf the Bruins it's one, bigger. it's close. I think I wore it the home games because it is a balance. You yeah. want to show you're very appreciative yeah. if they decide to give you a ring. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think I wore it for the home games, and then maybe I would take it on the road if I had friends or family in a city, but I wouldn't wear it. I wouldn't wear it in Pittsburgh yeah. to hey how you doing yeah. you know well, but but I would bring it with and just obviously hide it yeah you know and that's yeah. I think that's how I did it that next year anyways but. I have a great cup ring from my time with the Toronto Argonauts and it's much smaller yeah you know you I could actually wear it on a pretty regular basis I think you should start wearing it no I, I you know what I have when I when I covered the CFL and I would go to the Great Cup there was a you know the Hall of Fame ceremony or or a, or there would be a, a, a the, the player award banquet. I would pack it and wear it for that. Yeah. But uh, that is the thing, and and uh, you know Bill Foley, Bill Foley, incredibly generous. Whatever yeah. the budget was for these rings, yeah. they're unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but um, you know how much they actually get worn. But it's not. I don't know if it's really about that. It's about it's emblematic of they were the best, right? Yeah, they were sure. the well, best. They were the best. Bruce Cassidy has already said that he's having conversations with the coaching staff about getting some watches made because yeah, right. he said he said we're not going to wear these rings around but he said you know like Bruce is pretty happy about being a Stanley Cup champion yeah, I know. and and you know thought maybe it might be nice to have a watch to wear around that uh, that was emblematic of uh, of their triumph. Yeah, not a bad idea. A couple of things before we uh, sign off here. Of course, it'd be a good idea for you to buy the broadcast. That's fine. Not a problem. We'll put you yeah. in for a hundred bucks a piece. Right. Not a problem. Okay. Three hundred bucks. Timex. Wrap it up. Yeah, Timex time. By Dave. That's right. Seiko. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Golden Knights take on the Flyers here tomorrow. Philly off to a three-one and one start. Uh, some other teams off to great starts. Boston five and zero. Colorado five and zero. Detroit five and one. I don't know if anybody saw that coming but uh and a big week of course you've got golden knights flyers tomorrow remember the script sports pregame show 7 30 ashley and shane will have that you and dan will have the call on uh, fox sports las vegas right here and of course uh jesus will have the call along uh with alex on deportes vegas 1460 a.m nevada day friday three bells against the hawks once again 
I was reminded this morning by our team president, Kerry Bubol, it's the first ever Nevada Day game. Golden Knights won 7 to nothing against Colorado. That'll do it for us on Fox Sports Las Vegas.